We ask your blessing on each and every person. What do you think God's saying to the world right now? Do you guys think about that ever? Do you think about what God's saying, out, uh, what's going on in the world? Do you think about God speaking that? Anybody have something? What? Yeah, but what do you guys think? What do you think God's bringing up? What's... I mean, just look at the, uh, let's, let's take what the biggest thing going out right now is uh, Obama, okay? And what is he talking about? Change and hope. And, and really, what happens is this, is that the Lord allows things, man to go his own way, and the enemy does his thing, and what it does is create a void. And that void needs hope to fill it. I mean, it's part of the plan. We are, we've talked about a lot of being in the last days. We are truly in the last days. In the last days, there's a need for hope. What gives us hope? Boy, we have a real... What gives us hope? Anybody? You going to talk with me, guys? I'm just going to be short. quicker you answer, the quicker it's done, huh? Faith, yeah. And what? But how do we have that hope? Huh? Revelation? How do we get off of that? Let me ask you that. How do we, how do we move away from hope? Fear, yeah. That's very true. So what do, you think, what do you think happens, you know, when you set your heart to something and something goes wrong? What happens? What, what goes on with that? Hmm? Yeah, but what do you think the enemy does that? How do you, what makes hope, hope? I'm going to pull up a couple scriptures here. Oops. You know, we get hope. By what we focus on, don't we? We get hope by having our eyes set on one thing. You know, I figured somebody yelled Christ, which, which is the answer, but the easy answer. You know, it's faith in Christ. It's hope in Christ. But how do we get put off of that? We get distracted, don't we? There's a series of distractions that the enemy allows to, or comes at us with to keep us distracted from God. I want to propose a question to you. What do you think? Do you think... That sometimes the wrong things that come into your life might be allowed by God for some particular reason. Why would that reason be? I mean, we recently saw, uh, you know, uh, uh, kind of revival and uh, uh, seemed to come forward and, and someone following that revival. Why? You know, you remember one of the commandments that says, I'm a jealous God. Yeah, he is a jealous God. Uh, you know, and, and one of them I really love. Uh, let's see if I can find that scripture real quickly. Exodus 34:14. Do not worship any other gods, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. This day, in this time period, there's so many distractions. 
There's so many things that come at us. There's so many things that, uh, uh, that fill our minds and our eyes and our hearts. And I believe this. I believe that God is jealously fighting for your attention. I believe that he allows things like people to fall, pastors to fall. They just don't want pastors to fall. Of course he doesn't. When we get our people try to take the place of what God is, when our attraction becomes towards a man or money or a situation rather than God, I think he allows things to come in our life to be able to break us up, to be disappointed, things to fall short. I look at my life and I find that I lose hope when I have my eyes on the wrong thing. Now, it may be a gift of God that he said he wants to give me. Or maybe a call of God that he tells me he wants to do. Or it may be some blessing, or it could be a healing, or it could be a numerous different type of things. But one thing it's not, it's not God himself. It's the gift rather than the giver. God is competing for your affections. He's very serious when he says, I'm a jealous God. Very serious. And he's going to want everything it takes to get you to put your eyes on him rather than everything else. Now, one of the scriptures, several scriptures that really stand out to me about that. And I'm giving a real abbreviated message, so it won't be long. I'm very much aware of the time. Um, we'll go to First Corinthians 3.10, I think it is. By the grace of God I have given me, by has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, and straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because on because a day will bring the light. Bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss, and he himself uh, will be saved, but only as one escaping through a flame. You know, we're distracted. There's a lot of really... Excellent speakers out there that speak in the kingdom, and they all speak about the blessing. Now, we did a blessing today, and we talked about how God wants to bless us because it's one of the truths in the scriptures. But at the moment we begin to look at the blessing, we miss the real blessing, which is Christ. And what happens when we look at something other than him, we will become disappointed because he is a jealous God. When we have a, a, a word given to you, and that word is tested. You remember, uh, remember when we were teaching a little bit in Hebrews, and we, I drew out a little thing on the, on the board, or I had someone else draw it out because I can't draw. And I put a pyramid, you know, which stood for Egypt. Then we put the doorpost, which stood for the, the Passover. Then we put the de- a, a cactus for the desert of testing. And then we put a... An, Infinity sign for the promised land, which is eternal life. And we talked about that being as salvation. We talked that being 
as a promise or a word from God. God gives us a word. You know, we're in a place. God gives us a word. It gets tested. And if we keep our eyes on him, we get to the promised land. Now, remember in the desert, they were to listen to what the Lord said, to follow the fire uh, by night and the smoke by day into the promises that God had. When they became distracted and looked at other things, they were unable to enter the land. They were saw big giants and they were unable to enter in because they were looking on the outside. When we see uh, Saul, when, when the people called out for, give us, uh, uh, give us somebody to lead us like everyone else, we see another thing of the same type of thing. People wanted an outward thing that they could connect with. They wanted a king that they could follow, but God wanted them to follow him through his servant Samuel. Over and over again, man has been tested from God of what he wants. And I I would submit to you from the very, very beginning, that is the test that's gone on. If you look at uh, 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 Samuel, the kings, Abraham, all those things were tests to believe what God said and have our eyes on him rather than anything else. I'm trying to find one particular scripture. I'm having trouble finding it. Oh, forget it. Because I don't have much time anyway. So, what I just wanted to bring, because we only had just a few minutes, it's already 12, we got late, started late because people came late, is this. That our hope, we need hope to survive. And at any time, at any place, that we put our hope on anything other than Christ and the promises of him, the salvation through him, we get disappointed. As we put our eyes on, you know, what we think he wants to do or anything else, we'll become disappointed. And God will allow that disappointment because he is a jealous God and he doesn't want you to serve anything else or anybody else, including yourself. He wants you to be a people consumed with him. Remember when it talks about uh, don't put your treasures in the things, you know, that, that the clothes the moth can eat and, you know, then the treasures on earth that can be stolen. You see, those are the treasures it's speaking about. The things that, that, that we may have during this lifetime that we put our hope in. And when we put our hope in those things, they do rot away. They do get eaten up. And I actually think it's on purpose. I think God on purposely allows those things to go. Because when we put our heart, our eyes, our treasure, that, we are putting our, we're breaking one of the commandments. And we're dealing with a jealous God that says that I... But no, God's before me. Not you, not the things you buy, not anything else. So, our hope has to be in Him. And to be in Him, we have to focus on Him. We have to live a life after Him. It's a very simple, simple little little truth I want to bring to you. But the question is, how do you do that? How do you keep yourself focused on God? How do you do that? Prayer, yeah. Spending time with the Lord. What else? Reading His Word. Reading His Word, yeah. Thinking about it. Have you guys ever tried, you ever read that book, Practice in the Presence of God? I read that thing about 35 years ago. It was a great book. I still remember part of it. You know? I tried to do this last week more and more. I keep on trying it and I get distracted so easily. But when I do, 
When I have my heart on God, the presence of God, there's nothing they can take away from you. See, if your treasure truly is God, there's nothing to be stolen from you. Because your treasure is always there. It doesn't ever leave you. But if our treasure becomes something else, it can easily be stolen. There's so many things that can happen. You know, I, I, you can't do great planning. You can do good, best planning you can do. But there's always something that can come along and mess up your plans. And you'll be disappointed. Now, if you're putting your weight on that and your hope on that, which we all do, then it's going to be really ugly when that happens. But if we can actually trust in, in God and we really take our chance and really put our heart on him, we're going to make it through. But how to really get there is the things we've said, but it's also something else that's one another. That's what the body's around. The body's around that, that you can talk to one another, remind one another, encourage one another. You know, Hebrews says, today when you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. And the idea is today you will hear his voice. Harden your heart is by saying no to what he's telling you to do. And when that happens, we, we move away from God because our heart hardens. That scriptures will tell us in Hebrews. It hardens and we can't hear God as well. But also it says encourage one another as long as it's called today. So we don't miss entering the rest. Remember what the rest was? We talked about that a little bit. You remember what the rest was? We think of just the peace, and we think of the Sabbath rest, which speaks of, which is the rest on the seventh day. But the actual uh, 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 word in the Bible, when we look at it, actually means the presence, the resting place, the uh, 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 dwelling place of God. Because that's what we're called to enter into and rest in. And when we enter in and rest in that, nothing can throw us off. Because when we enter in and rest in that, then our treasure becomes God, not the other things. And as it says in uh, Matthew, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all those other things be given as well. It's not that God doesn't want to give you the money and all the things. He just knows that he's going to have to judge you if your heart is not on him first. And he wants you to give you other things. But the moment you serve those other things, you miss. When we looked in the book of Judges, it, it represents that over and over and over again. In the book of Judges, God would bring Israel into a great blessing. And then as they're in that great blessing, they begin to look at that blessing. I've done this myself. God's blessed me. I thought, you know, I didn't do anything to deserve that. You know, I worked. I didn't really try. But you know what? If I just did this, this, and this, it would increase. Now, it was a little trick that I got from the enemy. Because when I did this, this, and this, all of a sudden my eyes changed from being focused on God, which is where I got the blessing, to now be focused on doing this, this, and this to increase God's blessing. And what happened in the book of Judges, and happened in my life so many times I can't count, is I looked at that and I began to say, well, I keep on trying to make that a little bit better. And the next thing I know, and the next thing Israel knew was, their eyes were no longer on God. And what would happen is God would allow an oppressor to come. He would allow an oppressor to come. He would allow an oppressor to come. So that their eyes would be taken off that. And they would cry out, God help. And he would send a redeemer. That was a type of Christ. You know, uh, he sent a redeemer that would come and rescue him from their captivity of the enemy. And in my case, rescue from my captivity of being caught up in the money. Cry out to God, get love with God again, and just care less if God gave me any money. 
And the more I cared, less the more he gave me. But then I would start looking. If I just would do this, this, and this, and I'm not kidding you. I can't count how many times that's happened. Then, then I would you know, be a little bit more. And I have more to give to God and his people, blah, blah, blah. True heart was I have more. You know, and next thing I know, I'd be caught in it, and I'd go through that cycle over and over again. Well, see, the enemy's around for a purpose, one purpose, and that is to cause you to run to him, God. He's there for a purpose. So if, you know, God, if he, if he didn't have a purpose in having him, he would remove him. You think he's your worst enemy? No, he, you know, I remember when I read about Saul, and it says he had the Spirit of God, but then when he found out, fell out of favor of God because of acting impatiently on his own to bring about his own gain, he took away his Holy Spirit and sent him in a spirit to oppress him. That was God. Matter of fact, the Old Testament doesn't really distinguish very much between God and the enemy. And in there, it says God sent a spirit to oppress him. He was actually judged and didn't have another chance. We do. I've had that chance over and over and over again to sit there and say yes to God and go his way. And surely as I'm standing here right now, I will do it again and again. I'll have my eyes on God. I'll look to try to fix the blessing. He'll send an oppressor. Circumstances in my life to cause me to go cry out to God. I'll get my eyes back on him. And it'll be good for a short time. That cycle is okay. I'm here to tell you, you know, a lot of people are kept from doing the things of God because they know they missed. I miss every day, every week, all the time. But the difference in staying in God is that I understand the grace he has for me. And I process that, oh my gosh, real quickly and turn back to him. But what the enemy wants you to do is remember all the stuff and how you failed. And you're no good and you're rotten. That's the condemnation, which the New Testament says there's none for us. But that's the one we listen to, the voice we listen to. Oh, we're bad, we're rotten, all this stuff. And then we usually run from God. When we're meant to run to him. And if we can run to him immediately and say, help, I blew it. Forgiveness is immediate. It's not penance time. It's not the Catholic thing of 15,000 Hail Marys. It's the one time I turn to him. That we know his mercy and his blessing. So I turn to him and I get back to him. And I do that over and over and over and over and over and over a day. You know, and it's okay. I mean, it literally is okay. Somehow, when I talk to people, they can't hear that. But it is okay. Say it's okay. 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 We, he knows what he made. And we just have to turn to him. Now, at the very point, I sit there and say, I know he's just going to do it. I'm in trouble. He's going to forgive me, so I'll just go ahead and do what I want to do. I'm in trouble at that point. But my heart is to do what's right, and I fail. Over and over again, there's no limit to it. He forgives me and moves me back into it. Because he wants one thing. See, the enemy wants to bring us into the condemnation to remove us from the presence and keep our eyes off of God and run and sin some more. Because that's what usually what happens when people end up starting and sin. They just go a cycle of sin and they wait until they're at the bottom of the barrel and they come back. And as we grow old and, and God, that cycle becomes shorter and shorter. But that's that cycle there. When God wants this one thing, it's to turn back to him. Because he had a son who died on the cross for us. That paid the price, so we don't have to go through that cycle of, like Saul did, 
was, I don't know, God has all kinds of mercy. I don't know what he did to him later. But we don't have to go through that. We have redemption. And that's what that redemption is. So we will be in him. That's the purpose of redemption. That we will turn back to him every moment of the day. That's our hope, you see. We have a hope in him. That's our hope. That we have a God, and as Hebrews says, we have a high priest that is that is. You know, been tempted as we've been tempted, but didn't sin, and because of that, intercedes for us, and our our sins are covered. So our hope is in Him. At the moment, I want every time you think and things go wrong and you get mad at God, when things go wrong, because you do, every one of you do. I get mad at God because you didn't get what you want. We all like spoiled brats. We didn't get what we want. I'm as bad as anybody in this room. Believe me at that. I want you to remember one thing. It's God's grace and mercy that he caused you to turn back to him. Because there's life in him and him alone. And that's that. All righty. Took enough time. Went longer than I thought it would with the time. So I just want to pray. Holy Spirit, I ask that you seal this and work this in the hearts of every person in here. I ask that you cause that seed of truth to spring up in each and every one of us, that it would grow and take root. It would be a deep root, that no amount of drought could dry it up, that would go down to the true stream that is you, that it would nourish us, and that would, we'd be that tree planted by a stream, that we'd be one that nothing in this world can cause us to move from you. Because our hope and our promise is in you, Lord. So I ask that, that that would grow and that just as when Jesus walked this earth, he increased in favor with man and with God, that that would happen with us. And just as John the Baptist said, I would become less so he'd become more, would be the case in our life. That we'd be a people that would see you and honor you and love you with all of our heart. So, Holy Spirit, bless each and every person here. I ask that you would, uh, would remind each one of us in here, all during the day, of you. That we continually turn our presence back to you. And when we're distracted by the things of the world, that you would remind us, speak quietly and gently into our heart. And that we would have the heart that would respond gently, so you don't have to speak harshly. That you're here. And today, we would hear your voice. So bless each person here. Your holy name. Amen. Now, uh, two things. Before we minister, we're going to have break points afterwards. We're we're actually doing a little trial. uh, Viewpoint, excuse me. uh, Trial run on it. So we need some guinea pigs. So if any of you would like to come back and receive a word, uh, it's, it's a practice time. Because we we're going to work on how we do this and how we not. And I'd rather do it with people I know. So we're going to actually minister one another. But also, if any of you want a word in the word, there's going to be twofold. One, we're going to ask to see where God wants to bring you. And that's the type of things we're going to speak into your life. We might mention if something's in the way. But we're also, we want to later on help people walk into those promises that God has. So we don't want, a break point is, a viewpoint is going to be about, I'm, I'm doing what you do. I'm renaming it. <laughs>
Yeah, more it seemed that if somebody wanted to be a... Oh, okay, okay. 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 Joanne's going to lead this viewpoint, so... Next month to get prayer. Now, anybody watch prayer today for anything, uh, whether it's uh, physical, emotional, or the things we spoke about, come forward and we will pray for you. Alrighty? And the rest of you, bless you. You can hang out, talk for a while, and uh, or we'll see you next week. Uh, or Wednesday, if you want to come for the... Wednesday's kind of a neat thing. I, I, I would like to mention real quickly is... It, huh? Oh, they're in your purse. What was I going to say? Wednesday. It really is perceiving what God's doing. That's what we do on Wednesday. We worship and we perceive what God's doing. And we, it's a practice time to learn how to feel the presence of God, not only in your own life, but moving through the room. And then we pray for people. So it's a real ex- time to experiment and try things, and it's okay to do that. So we'd love to have you. Come join us. The rest of you, come up here and we'll pray for you. Bless you. Oh, we get music. I like that.